brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Everybody's on their feet in the Amway Center. Vucevic with a catch. He'll turn. Fire! Oh. He threw it down! Pure magic! <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Welcome back to another episode of the Close-Up Magic. I'm your host, Stephen Cameron. We got a really good show for you guys today. Before we jump into the show and the guests, and I'll explain about that in just a second, I'm going to plug the website like I do all the time now www.theclosupmagic.com This show has expanded We got a team of writers That have broken down all sorts of things The re-signing of Michael Carter-Williams The re-signing of Terrence Ross uh, Jeff Weltman conversation We got stuff about Chumo Kiki All sorts of content up there Check it out We got some video stuff coming out um, We got a couple new podcasts out We got the Pick and Rock and Roll the close-up, uh, uh, an Orlando Magic podcast with uh, Philip Harlow and Wyatt Allen. Um, we got the Magical Boogaloo with Jonathan and his squad of rotational hosts with Luke and some of his other friends. Um, check out those podcasts. They're really good, too. Give them ratings and share them with your friends. Um, do me a favor. If you like the show, if you don't like the show, go to the iTunes or wherever you listen to it and give the close-up Magic a rating. I'd appreciate that, even the good ones and the bad ones. I saw you, dude, who, who, was, who was saying I play music too much. Sorry, that's just my style. I enjoy it. A lot of people do. Um, hope you can continue to enjoy the show anyways. Uh, anyways, um, hope you all like it. Today, we got David Bauman of Spectrum Sports jumping on. You've heard him before. He's a consistent, regular guest with me. Um, I will continue to have him on into next year. He's fun. So... Check it out. We talk about the additions of Al-Faruq Aminu bringing back basically the same squad with Birch, Michael Carter-Williams, Vucevic, and Terrence Ross. Um, 
check it out. We hit a lot of different topics. We basically talk about the offseason moves and our expectata- our expectations going into next summer uh, or next year. Um, so, yeah. Hope you enjoy the show. Give David Bauman a follow. Give this show a follow. Check out the website and share this with a friend. I appreciate it. Peace. I want you to get acquainted with the youngest in charge. Respected from east to west like he was running the mall. All right, everyone. Uh, like I said, we got our guest David Bauman here with us today, and it's always a pleasure having him on. You've all heard him here multiple times. I think this is your third, maybe fourth time joining us now um, since this podcast started uh, about a year ago. David, how you been, man? Good, buddy. Yeah, I'm hoping for like the the Steve Martin gold jacket on SNL, trying to jo- join like the uh, the Alec Baldwin. Uh, uh, membership lifetime membership of appearances here on the show well you know you always have an open invite and yeah i guess i should try and start finding a jacket can you email me (laughs) your sizes later and i'll see what i can find no doubt (laughs) appreciate it i actually think you've been i think you and philip uh from orlando magic daily are like tied as my most consistent guests on here which is uh which is good man i love having everyone on the show so yeah, and Phillip's awesome. He's fantastic. Does a great job yeah. covering the team. He was uh, he was on the last episode. We talked a little bit about uh, like the free agency options. And so, what better way, uh, what better person to have on to talk about uh, the free agency moves that we did? Um, so it's just for everyone who hasn't tuned in uh, yet. We're 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 recording this on July 11th. Uh, Russell Westbrook just got traded to the Thunder. Um, or sorry, got traded to the Rockets, actually, if uh, if you guys haven't found that news out. So Russell Westbrook is on the Rockets. Chris Paul and something else is on the Thunder. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the Orlando Magic and what kind of happened this offseason so far. Um, we've basically made our offseason moves and our signings and re-signings. And, you know, the team is sort of rolling it back. David, let's roll that back just a hair because some small aspect of the draft sort of relates to some questions I have about free agency where we drafted a power forward in Chuma Okiki. Overall, how were your feelings about the draft and drafting another power forward after already having a couple power forwards on the team? And, um, you know, when a lot of people were kind of blindsided by this move, how did you feel? Yeah, I, I was uh, I was blindsided as well. Uh, I think really anyone uh, who wrote a mock draft was. I, I don't think a single mock draft had him uh, anywhere close to getting picked 16th overall. I think the the highest I saw in any mock draft was 23 in the first round. But some mock drafts like uh, Basketball Insiders, uh, our good friend Alex Kennedy, uh, part of that site. I, well, was anyway. And uh, no, no, he is. But in any case. I think they had him at 57 in the second round. So, you know, many people feel like the magic may have been able to get Okike uh, there in the second round. Had they kept their second round pick without just unloading that. Uh, uh, So I I think um, I'm somewhat encouraged by the magic's off season, but the one major disappointment I have is the draft and Um, there's almost no one that can talk me out of it. Uh, you know, at 16, picking a guy who's injured, who wasn't even in the green room there in New York city, uh, there is 
no downplaying just how important it is that the Magic are paying to have a guy on the team who will not be really part of the team until at least January of his rookie year, if he even plays at all. Um, you know, and rookie contracts can go just a, uh, a few years. So you're already uh, chopping off a good portion of, of a contract. So I, I, I don't like Okike. I thought the Magic should have picked... Uh, a scorer there at 16. I mean, you could have gotten a guy like uh, Nikhil uh, Alexander. So uh, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's all right. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, 16, you're, you're just taking chances at 16 anyway, whether the guy can even contribute. It's like a sure. 50-50 chance. It's, it's starting to be a crapshoot at that point. And, you know, I like you, I am I, not – I really like Chumo Kiki. I don't know if I like him for this Magic team, and I don't know if I like him at pick 16, but I think he's going to be a really good player. It's just we're not going to get anything from him out of this year, and if if the Magic front office do anything with him like they've done with a lot of the other previous injuries, he very well could be sitting out this entire first season and might not yeah. even play. They might just decide to redshirt him. It's just really, really weird, Stephen. You know, and then they went out and got Al Farouk Amino, right, uh, on a free agent deal, uh, which which continues to create a logjam for minutes for guys like Aaron Gordon and Jonathan yeah. Isaac, and now Okike. So it's just a, uh, you know, it's very, very strange. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I, you know, I. I had um, Romeo Langford, which, I mean, he went a little bit sooner to the Boston Celtics. But, yeah, Nikhil Alexander-Walker was available um, and a couple other guys. And, I mean, you watch Nikhil Alexander-Walker the last couple of games in Summer League, and he's 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 blowing up right now. He's killing it. Yeah. So it's just it's hard when we're watching guys in Summer League, you know, the few that we have out there to watch do well, and we don't have anyone to watch. Um, we have a guy that went undrafted and Daquan Jeffries, who we're getting to watch and Emil Jefferson, who we all are a little bit familiar with. And yeah, sure. They're doing well. And it's, it's great to see them play well, but we don't get to watch our first rounder for at least another six months to, you know, potentially a year. He, they, they very well could redshirt him, which is a little frustrating and annoying, but, um, you know, let's use this point to segue into something you already mentioned. The, the Magic had a free agency, and it was a pretty important one. We had uh, Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross coming off the books. Didn't have a lot of cap space, but they did have a lot of options to create cap space. And the team basically run it, ran it back by re-signing Nikola Vucevic, re-signing Terrence Ross, adding Alkaru Faminu, and then bringing back Michael Carter-Williams and Ken Birch. It's basically the exact same team, minus Jaron Grant, uh, Isaiah Briscoe, and um, like Gerald Martin, and uh, that's about it. Uh, uh, Timothy Mozgov. Timothy Mozgov, my man. sidelines anymore. I was a little disappointed about that guy. You know, he's my, he's my dude. Uh, he's like... The guy I always wanted to see if he actually had anything left in the tank, but hey. Did you hear Bill Simmons' podcast? And can I can I curse on this one? Of course you can. This is a uh, a completely uncensored podcast. We are not held to any confines. So drop any f bombs you might want to. Well, yeah, just to uh, piggyback off of exactly what Bill Simmons said, 
uh, he, he called the Orlando Magic fucking dumbasses for <laughs> uh, for just getting rid of Timofey Mozgov, which would have been an expiring contract. And, and their argument there on the podcast was is expiring contracts are like currency uh, when it comes to trade. So they kind of counted out the Magic uh, to even compete for Russell Westbrook because they're getting rid of Timofey Mozgov in the offseason. So it was, it was interesting to hear that take. Although, I mean, come on. Were the Magic going to get Westbrook anyway? I don't think so. No, they're not going to get Westbrook. But, you know, it's frustrating. So let's just pause here for a second just because, like, I'm starting to get somewhat frustrated with this front office, and it's something I haven't really felt in a while, um, where they're stretching Timothy Mozgov to – be able to avoid tax and sign Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross to these descending team-friendly deals where I might be slightly mistaken, but I believe the tax isn't um, the luxury tax isn't final until the end of the season, which would have given the magic front office time to trade Timothy Mozgov, at least at the trade deadline before they actually got hit with that cap. Now I, I'm not a cap expert 100%, but I believe that is right or close to it. And it just doesn't make sense, right? Like one year of potentially playing luxury tax to be able to have ultimate cap freedom or use it as a trade bait here this you know, coming trade deadline or, hey, let's trade them now. And basically we're going to bring back the guys we already have signed. Oh, and whoever basically we add in that Timothy Mozgov spot is also basically $5 million more each year, which happens to be Ken Birch, who we re-signed for two years at $6 million, but then add Timothy Mozgov's stretch money to it, which it breaks down to about $5.6 million per season, and you basically have, you know, add that to that player. Does that does that theory sort of make sense to you? I, I have to be honest, Stephen. I'm not exactly sure how how it works out uh, cap-wise. I haven't taken a close, close enough look at it. But from my perspective, look, you know, I, I don't think this front office was going to try to do anything with him no. anyway. In terms of, you know, if you want to look at it like, oh, you should have tried to kept Mozgov, keep Mozgov to try to trade him at the, 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 the February deadline for something, I don't know. I mean... They just rolled with the same exact team of last season. Uh, and that's because Jeff, Jeff Weltman was even on the podium saying, hey, look, we're not in the market for a superstar. You know, we're, we like what the team did. We saw them grow last year, and we want uh, to build off of that with the same exact group of guys. So I think it's just kind of a hypothetical that we're thinking out here. But um, sure, I mean – I can understand your perspective by taking a look at that cap and, and seeing, hey, what they could have done instead. Yeah, it's just it's it's frustrating when you have something you you might have been able to use and then not use it and just kind of punt it down the road to create a little bit of, you know, not getting close to the tax kind of deal, which is somewhat frustrating. But anyways, regardless, so we stretch Moscow and we bring back, you know, Vucevic and Terrence Ross and Al Farouk Amino and basically roll it back with a semi-improved bench. How are you feeling about all these moves? Are you excited to see the exact same team coming back? Well, the second half of the year last year was exciting. I mean, yeah. there's no denying it. This team ended up finishing with a winning record. 
bowing out to the uh, eventual champions of the NBA, the Toronto Raptors. Um, you know, and listen, I, I've got people that are yeah that that have you know come after me because I I, I think I to me the season was a success. I thought it was a successful totally. season, even though they bowed out. Uh, they won one out of five games in the opening round. Really, kind of you know got got beat up there uh, against Toronto in the in the first round. As the starters call it, the douchebag sweep. <laughs> Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. Um, but it, it, and it did impact the position where the Magic were in the Zion Williamson draft. Um, you know, if the Magic would have done worse, they could have potentially had a better pick. Maybe enter this season with a a rookie who could actually contribute instead of getting a Chuma Okike who's going to sit the bench with a torn ACL for a good part of the season. So, you know, there, I understand that argument, but from my perspective, after seven years, you wanted to see some sort of growth and last year was growth. And now the front office is building on it. So I, I like, uh, I like this off season overall. I really do. And um, I think Weltman and Hammond are, are doing a good job. I, want to preference this with I do think this offseason was a success I am happy and content with the offseason but I'm not going to say it's the best offseason we could have had well of course you know let's be real I mean what are we expecting next year I mean we're are we expecting an NBA championship for Orlando in in 2019-2020 no we're Not not No. You know, it's it's a league of superstar teams, and the Magic are not a superstar team. But could they jump up to a five or six seed this year? Maybe even get a four now? I mean, that's the sort of growth you want to see. Sure, and that's going to happen. But, like, where my disappointment is with this offseason, and let me, just, let me just ride for a second and see what your thoughts are, sure. is – so first and foremost, I thought the Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross contracts were like one year too long if I'm going to get nitpicky. So that right there brings it from like an A plus to an A minus. And then I really like uh, Aminu, Alpha Rook Aminu. Sorry, I'm still getting... He's a big, it. big upgrade over Jarrell Martin. Oh, he's huge. We actually have a backup power forward that can play. We don't necessarily have to stagger... Um, Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon on that second unit for that when they can actually just play him. It's, it's definitely a huge improvement, but the one thing this team has needed for years is more scoring, more scoring and brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. 
Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. We didn't address that at all. Not even with like our 14th roster spot. Well, you did with you know, well, you did with bringing back Terrence Ross. I mean, Terrence, Terrence Ross, Ross is the sure, but even with Terrence Ross, the majority of last year, besides the the tail end when we were playing tanking teams and playoff teams that were resting stars, we you know we were one of the worst teams in the off in offense in the entire league. I think we averaged around like the twenty fourth to twenty sixth worst offense in the league. So it's like, yeah, I get it. We brought back Ross. We're hoping for some internal player development, but didn't even attempt to get, I mean, maybe they attempted and just struck out, but not even close in my opinion to somewhat trying to improve that, that part of the game um, besides hoping maybe uh, Fultz develops into something. And I'm honestly just pretending he's not even on the team at this point. <laughs> so it's, that's my only complaint. Yeah. But let me rewind and just remind everyone, yes, I've said all that. I'm still very happy with what we did this offseason. It's great to bring it back. Continuity, I think, is one of the most underrated things in the NBA. Um, and I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, I'm a little concerned in about year three or four of Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross's contract. But we can worry about that in a couple of years. Going sure, into next I, year, I also- we should have a lot of fun. I also hear people um, say, let's see how Vucevic and Ross do this year coming up now that they're not in contract yeah. years. Uh, but I- I'm going to go back to your point about Markel Fultz. That's okay. where the team uh, finally took a gamble uh, at a trade deadline last year, traded Jonathan Simmons um, and a late first round pick for for Markel Fultz and it it's a gamble on a former number one overall pick now Stephen as you and I are recording this segment I just saw that Markel Fultz I got a notification that he just posted an update on Snapchat so so here's here's one of the things Let's that I it. found somewhat hilarious about this offseason is that all Magic fans kind of watch for Markel Fultz's social media posts to see if he's actually shooting the basketball. Now, some of this is is crazy because he's posted some old videos. Right. People have been tricked into thinking, oh, look, Markel Fultz is playing basketball and shooting the rock when really they were old videos. So let here, here it is. I'm pulling it up. Let's oh no, it's just him. Uh, it's just him chilling. Oh, okay, okay. Not, Maybe yeah. a little sweaty, maybe, maybe a little sweaty with a <laughs> like, basketball court behind him. Yeah. Like the mist of possibly working out in a gym, yeah, but, yeah. but not actually posting what the shot looks like. That's a really bizarre situation with faults because everyone's hoping he can be that offensive spark that the magic had been missing for years. Sure. But Nick Anderson, I'm not sure if you caught this, this off season, Steven, Nick Anderson spoke with, uh, 
Spectrum Sports 360, and he basically flat out said, I think Markel Fultz, I think it's all in his head. He said it's all in his head. You know, Nick's, and Nick uh, was trying to relate, saying, hey, when I missed those four free throws back in the day, I mean, that got to me. Sure. It took me a while to get my head right. He just needs to get his head right go out and play. So it's uh, it's really interesting, but I'm like you, and uh, I'm kind of picturing him not on the team until he actually is. Will that day come? We have no idea. Who knows? Like, honestly, we, we, we're we not, you know, uh, it's – John Hammond and Jeff Weltman's style to not give any information out when it's relating to injuries and to protect their own and keep everything, you know, behind closed doors, even when they were going through the coach search and all that stuff, nothing was leaked. So I'm not surprised. Even Fultz though is so secretive of it. Like why why all the secrecy? Why don't you just flat out just tell the truth? Why? I mean, you got to let everybody just keep everybody hanging. I mean, what is the deal? That's why I'm actually yeah. leaning toward Nick Anderson's philosophy of thinking. It's both. It's in his yeah. head. Yeah. I think there is some injury like to it in the beginning, but now I think it's gotten like so bad over the last couple of years with the injury not being recognized right away. And then like the weirdness of everything that went on in Philly, like people got to remember they had a president of basketball operations or a GM who was had multiple burning account burner accounts talking shit about the team. You know, it's like it's not exactly he had a, a smooth sailing front, you know, first couple of seasons and then they bring Jimmy Butler in and all this. It was just a wild time over there for him and like not what a traditional first round pick gets thrown into. Yeah. And um yeah, I think that kind of like like you said, I think it's like messed with his head a bit and you know, kind of thrown him thrown him off like it's i yeah he's not on the team until i see him on the court he and does seem to be very comfortable with the guys on the magic roster though yeah, uh, he does. so and that's got to be helpful that's got to be really helpful that that he is comfortable in his surroundings and uh um gets that confidence back man I, god it would be so would awesome be to see yeah. this comeback story happen in orlando I can't wait to see it. And I really, you know, I think we'll see something for sure. And, you know, I don't know how much of this secrecy is the, 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 the team just telling him not to post anything legit. Um, but regardless, it's, it's a gigantic question mark that I'm not relying on until opening day when we see him on the court or not on the court. And then I can actually have something to go off of, yeah. um, which is, you know, yeah, well, I guess we'll cross that line when we get there. Um, but yeah, man, like I want to see him do well. I want to see him ball out. I want to see him easily take that second unit position mm-hmm. from Michael Carter Williams and, um, you know, be a offensive scoring threat that we've needed for a long time. And if he can, like he is solving part of the issue that I am complaining about. And my rant should just be thrown away that I did yeah. earlier because the front office apparently solved it when they made the trade for him. So we'll see. I don't know. Hopefully well, think about that, right. Stephen. If Markel Fultz develops, if Mo Bamba, who also has injury issues, yeah. uh, sitting out the rest of summer league after scoring 15 points in 15 minutes, if Mo 14 Bamba, and a half minutes, all right, we got to, we got to keep it a little lower. So it sounds better. better. <laughs> uh, if he develops, if Aaron Gordon takes a step forward this year uh, and the same squad coming back plus Al Farouk Amino, I mean... That's a good team. 
it 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 could be a really formidable team. I mean, it could they could be a they could be a four or five seed if the guys are truly developing and get to get back to healthy. And that's what they're that's what they're counting on, David. They're counting on Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, Mo Bamba, yeah, Markel Fultz to develop. Yeah. And then some aspect maybe in Chumo Kiki. But that's that's what they're bang- that's what's Chumo Kiki's not playing at all this year, dude. No, he's not. <laughs> I, I but the, the, you but you're know, right. All the other guys. That's that's what their game plan is because Terrence Ross and Nikola Vucevic and DJ Augustine and Michael Carter Williams, they are what they are. Maybe yeah, we like, know what to expect something from. will improve well, a little bit with, mm-hmm. you know, with each one of them. You know, maybe Terrence Ross gets slightly more consistent. Maybe Nikola Vucevic can hit the three a little bit more often. But like for the most part, they are what they are. They're not going to take the jump that Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac can't. You know, Jonathan Isaac because he could potentially be a 35 plus three point shooter next season. Um, which would be huge. Uh, Aaron Gordon could start taking guys a little bit more off the dribble, which would be huge. So there's there's a few things out there that could happen internally that could be what makes this team tick. Absolutely. And, and I, I think uh, that's what's exciting about, about this season coming up is, uh, you know, a lot of young guys. And, and development is... is uh, somewhat inevitable with some of these guys at their ages. Uh, they're so far beyond their peaks or so far behind their peaks that they can only get better. So um, that's what makes uh, this this coming year exciting. I mean, this was a fantastic defensive squad. Oh, man. We talk about the offensive struggles, but they were fifth in the league, right? Defensively, somewhere uh, around there. Yeah, fifth or sixth, somewhere right around there. Like, And honestly, with – with the deep with the second unit getting a little bit more tied up, they don't have to go through the struggles of Jonathan Simmons and um yeah. and Jerry and Grant running the second Jerry unit. They they already know what uh Michael Carter Williams can bring. They've upgraded um, you know, they, they know Wessa Wundu fits better than Jonathan Simmons. They now have Alfaruk Aminu. Like this team should be a top ten possibly top five defensive team the entire season. Absolutely. I, I think top 10, I am they're They're missing their ceiling. They're missing we can, ceiling. we can confidently say right now that this is a better team than last year. Oh, right? definitely. Yeah. This yeah, is a better. Sure. And last year was an exciting team to watch, especially down the stretch. They got off to a rocky start in the first half of the year with a, with a new coach and a new system. And, and, uh, Steven, I, I mean, this this could be a what? Maybe 45, 46 win team if they're healthy. Maybe maybe 47, tick it up. Sure. I mean, Evan Fournier should shoot the ball a little bit better this year. Yeah, he was off last year. He, he, he could get better. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, a couple of, I mean, honestly, I would say Jerry and Grant probably lost us that second unit. Jerry and Grant and Jonathan Simmons probably lost us three games alone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, it's possible. Um, if they can stop blowing 20 point leads, then, you know, with a better second unit, because the, the first unit last year was actually pretty good. Um, it was that second unit that caused us a lot of issues. You know, Mo, like no wonder Obama struggled so much his rookie year because he had like Jerry and Grant and Jonathan Simmons like on the floor with him at the same time. Like that, that's a clusterfuck. Like it's not going to it's not going to be good for his development. Let, let's pause on Mo Bamba for a second. You had mentioned it. 
you know, he scored 15 points and, you know, 15, 14 and a half minutes and in his first game of summer league that stopped in the third quarter because of an earthquake. And then he was sore and held out. Are you reading much into that? Or are you taking it? Or are you just thinking the magic or following the trend of every other big name not playing in summer league right now? Because basically ja, or, uh, RJ Barrett is the only one that's played more than Mo Bamba in the nine minutes of Zion Williams. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'd, I'd like, I would have liked to have seen more Mo Bamba uh, here in the summer, but that stress fracture ended his season. It's something to watch. And if the guy's got what they're calling general soreness, eh, I guess just sit him out. Um, it's, it's really disappointing, though, because we'd like to see, uh, you, you know, how, how much work he was able to put in. Yeah. Uh, while he was rehabbing, and um, I, I didn't get to see. Did, did they say how much weight he put on? Uh, yeah, he went to about two. Uh, I think he added about twenty more pounds. I think he's at like two forty. All right. Well. So. Um, and I mean, I think that was so important for Bamba. Yeah. Uh, he looked, he, dude. I, if you haven't seen a photo of him, man, like he's he's looking swole right now. Good. Swole Bamba is a thing. That would have been nice to see a little more of him this summer, but yeah, for uh, the sake of of playing it safe, keep him out. Uh, yeah. season's the only thing that really matters. I, I think part of it is yeah, keeping him out for safety reasons, but also like literally none of these first round picks are playing. Very, yeah. you know, Nikhil Alexander Walker, but like not maybe one or two in the top ten picks are actually playing, and for the most part, everyone's healthy. A Tyler Hero's balling out for uh, Miami Heat. I know a lot of Magic fans wanted him. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I liked him. He was good. He wasn't like my first pick. Um, yeah, he wasn't mine either. But but I did like him. I wasn't going to be upset if he was on the Magic's team. I wanted Romeo. Yeah, I did too. He looked pretty baller. I'm excited to see him play this uh, this you know this coming year if if he gets some playing time with uh, Taco with the Celtics. Yeah, how about Taco Fall taking over for the Celtics? Dude, I mean, he's, he's taking over summer league. Uh, it's so fu- I don't get it, man. Like, cause I, right, so first off, I'm not a, like, it's great. Taco fall. He's, you know, his size and, and length or something that can't be taught, but like, he's not an NBA player. He doesn't even shoot 50% from the free throw line, <laughs> but like, it's awesome that he's getting all this attention and bringing all this funness to summer league. I, I hope the Celtics do something cool with them, you know, give them a two way contract, bring them out and blow out games and, and let them, you know, be out there for fun and, 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 uh, you know, give the crowd something obnoxious to cheer for. Um, I don't, I don't think taco. I like the guy a lot. He's, he's a cool kid from everything I know about him, but I hope he finds a place in, in the basketball world where he can be successful, but I don't think he'll ever be a serious NBA player. I, I can only hope. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, you, you know, all 30 teams passed on twice yeah. uh, in the draft. Um, but uh, he's he's doing really, really well in the summer league, which is great for him, which does give me hope that there is a place for him, uh, hopefully in, in the G League, uh, so he can develop a little bit more. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Get him a shooting coach, you know, an NBA caliber shooting coach, and hopefully he can get that free throw shooting up to <laughs> at least 60%. And maybe you got, maybe you got like a Boban type, you know, some guy that just comes in there and dunk standing up without even jumping. So, incredible. Yeah. That's a cool story. It's, it's a, uh, it's nice to see some UCF getting a little recognition on, on the NBA. Cause I don't, I don't think there's many UCF players out there. 
from uh, you know in the NBA. So we'll see. Um, what do you what do you expect out of Mo Bamba this coming year? You think you think he's gonna get the starting the the second role right away, or you think they're gonna give it back to Cam? I mean, you know. I was a little surprised they brought back Ken Birch at the price they did. Um, I'm actually a little bit more surprised that Ken Birch didn't just take an offer somewhere else. Maybe that he did. And you know, the magic just said, well, you know, we're going to match anything around this time. If you don't get anything higher or around this, this amount. Uh, but, but Ken did really well for us at the end of this, of the end of the season there. And there's a big reason we made the playoffs. And then you, we have Mobamba that, yeah, sure. He got 15 points, and 15 minutes, but he got also one rebound and he's the tallest guy by miles on that court that night. So um, there's a little bit of worry there. What, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm interested to see how it plays out. You know, I, I do like to think that uh, competition at, at a position uh, uh, breeds development and uh, w- will ultimately lead to the best player uh, getting the most minutes. So uh, you know, that was one of the concerns with bringing back Nikola Vucevic is, you know, you bring back Vuce for four years, but you just got Mo Bamba at six overall in the prior draft and minutes are limited. I mean, you're not going to be, you're not playing Bamba alongside Vuce at any point no. either. So it's really just Vuce plays, Bamba backs up. And Birch is, I, I would have envisioned Birch being a third stringer. I, I could totally be wrong. Birch could, Birch could win it out um, with, with a, a better fall than, than Mo Bamba. And then, you know, then you got yourself a disgruntled player uh, yeah. with Bamba who wants to play, who's, who's got some uh, endorsement deals. Uh, he was just touring the world with Steph Curry. Um, so, it's a, it's a potential issue if Mo. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, doesn't develop. So, really, I mean, it's kind of on, it's kind of on Mo. So, I want to... I want to talk to you about something for a second. It's along those lines of disgruntled players and having a heavy position. So we had mentioned earlier, it's a star driven league, right? You're not going anywhere without the stars. Let's just count for a second. We said we have three centers, Nikola Vucevic, Mobamba, Ken Birch. Let's go down to power forward, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac. Yeah. One of them plays small forward, but they both play power forward. Alfred Camino, uh, Chumo Kiki. That's four power forwards. We got a lot of big guys. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of big guys and we got small forwards. Let's let's hit that up. We got Wessa Wundu. We got um, uh, Evan Fournier who can play small forward. Um, we got Jonathan, you know, the interchangeable of Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon. Uh, we got a lot of small forwards too there. So uh, collecting assets is a good thing. Bringing, retaining assets is a good thing. Maybe it's not this year, but I'm not going to be surprised if within this time next year, the Magic are one of the teams that traded two or three players and a couple picks for an all-star or the year after that. I don't think we have the all-star on our team yet. We might have an all-star for sure. I don't know if we have the main all-star on our team yet. I think that's someone that's eventually going to get traded for. And I think if this team truly wants to get to the next level, it's going to take a package of a couple of good players to land that number one option that we have been really wanting for a long time. That's my dark horse theory because we can just watch. Look at what the Clippers just did. Yeah, sure, they're in LA, but they traded so one of the largest trade packages ever for um, Paul George and, so, and Kawhi Leonard, essentially. LA just did the same thing for Anthony Davis. It's a star-driven league, and these stars are getting tossed around by massive trade packages. My yeah, it's a, it, it's a little different in the East, though, you know, because remember, you got a gauntlet in the West. I mean, you're, you're talking about West teams, e- even Houston, as you and I are recording this program, uh, went out and just got themselves uh, Russell Westbrook while giving up uh, uh, draft picks and making some swaps on draft picks. And this is what's going on out West. What's going on out East is is quite boring, to be honest. I mean, Toronto now could unravel with Kawhi leaving. Sure. Um, so now, you know, so so what the Magic are looking up at what? They're looking up at Boston, Philly. Philly, they they did some moves. Yeah, I I'd actually I think Philly is 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 better uh with the moves they made. I think so too. You know, I mean they 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 bring in Horford, they lose Butler and Reddick. Um who else? They also brought in someone else. Uh, uh, Josh Richard. Josh is Richards. That- yeah, Richardson's all right too. Yeah. Yeah. He's all right. So they, I think Philly still had a, a pretty good off season. So you know, had a decent I, off season besides losing Brogdon. Yeah, yeah. So and Milwaukee. That's right. So it's um, you know, the, so we name what four teams there that the Magic are really looking up at. Um, yes. Will it will it take a, a superstar to get over the hump? Yeah, most likely, yes, at some point. But, uh, yeah, how they go about doing that is incredibly complicated. As you mentioned, these trades are really, really crazy now. I mean, Oklahoma City has, what, a dozen first-round draft picks through 2026? It's incredible. Um, But, you know, I I think this front office is still sticking with a slow and steady. Let's continue to let the young players develop here. Um, I think that lineup as of right now is DJ Augustine, Evan Fournier, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic. Yeah, that's the starting five. 
Yeah, and then coming off the bench is Terrence Ross first. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Al Farouk Amino is off that bench. I mean, that guy's got a... He, He's got a lot of experience as a starter in this league. They're not paying him ten million dollars a year to to you know to be more anything less than a seventh man. Yeah. So. And then and then you got uh Fultz and, and Michael Carter Williams uh, battling out to get the backup point guard minutes. So uh, Wesa Windu gets his time there, uh, splitting the two and three. Uh, yeah, because because that's the thing. I mean, you, you look at guys like Fournier, Terrence Ross, Wesa Windu. They're they're kind of like these uh, hybrid two threes almost, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, so again, though, Stephen, I mean, this team's got a chance as long as they develop. They can be they can be a, a possibly a five this year, possibly a five. But I agree with you; it would take a superstar. I just don't know how they would, in the world they go about making that happen anytime. Yeah, soon. and I don't think that's going to happen right now. I think they're still probably at least a year, year and a half away from making that happen. Um, you know, they have a couple of guys that, that are definitely intriguing, but I, I, again, I think they're still a little bit away from that. Alright, now, I want to I want to focus a little bit on a couple of individual players because you and I are both talking about player development and player growth and that's going to be the big key for us next year, um, besides this uh, much upgraded second unit. Aaron Gordon, what do you think is going to be different about his game next year to make him take the next step? And whatever whatever the next step means to you, what it, what are your expectations of him? And if I and so, I know I'm, we, you and I didn't talk about this beforehand, so it's a, throwing you a little bit of a curveball here. That's totally fine. Um, it, it, what I think goes overlooked with Gordon. Um, is that he took a he took a step back in scoring this past season, but to me, it was uh, a very unselfish uh, way to even improve his game because I mean it was so much pick and roll with Fournier and Vucevic and Vucevic was scoring so much more this year. Uh, so G- Gordon stepped back in terms of his scoring, but. It, he, he picked his uh, field goal percentage up from the season before, and he had 3.7 assists per game. That was big. Seven and a half rebounds. So I, I think his all-around game actually took a step forward. I would love to see him continue to improve the three. Uh, I, I hope he's taken 500 threes uh, uh, a day here in the offseason uh, and continue to get better shooting threes because that's really going to help him as a player. Um, to to really be a, a, a three point um, threat, um, so I, I would love to see Gordon break out a bit more this year. I, I thought he had a good year last year. I'd love to see him break out. Yeah, I think last year his game balanced out quite a bit. He you know he brought up his defense back to what we all thought he could do. Um, he was phenomenal defensively, and I think that got majorly overlooked. He was you know like you said a much more of a, a an offense distributor with, you know, some games having six, seven assists in a game. I think he had like two games where he had seven assists last year, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, almost just under four assists per game, which is, hey, well, you know what? I, I just thought of something. Yeah. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't Sheldon Mack, the team's like assist leader the season before at 3.7 per game. Or yeah. 3. Yeah. Nine. Some, I mean, so Aaron yeah, Gordon rated Alfred Payton that Sheldon <laughs> Mack was the assist leader with. Yeah. <laughs> 3.9 assists or something like that. So Aaron Gordon is already as good as Shelvin Mack. <laughs> so I, I, but listen, I, I think he did what was asked of him. 
Sure. You know, and uh, in a very unselfish way, he, he scored less. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but he did he did so much dirty work, uh, outstanding defensively at times too. If he can get that three point shot a little bit more dialed, even if he's just shooting, um, you know, thirty five percent from three, that would be amazing. And that's what he shot last year. Thirty four point nine percent from three last year. I want to see him kick it up to forty. Oh, that would be that would be huge. That'd that be great. Would, you think he can do that? Well, I mean, think about it. Remember the first two months of the season before he was like the NBA's leading three point shooter, shooting like fifty nine percent through the first couple that's, months of the season. Yeah. Um, Those first two months, they were they were he was shooting lights out. That's and then he went ice cold. Uh, it came way way down. To, uh, I think he finished around thirty two percent. I could be mistaken, but uh, uh, yeah, he went pretty cold for the rest of twenty seven eighteen. Um, but yeah, I think he took a step forward this year, and and uh, would love to see him take a step forward this year. Now let's transition that same question to Jonathan Isaac. What are you expecting out of him this season? Way more offense. Yes. And we started to see that at the second half of last year. Yeah. He was getting way, way more confident. I mean, Stephen, do you remember the first half of last year? He was getting open looks from three, and he was kicking it. He was oh, passing yeah. the ball. And the guys would tell him, shoot, Jonathan, just shoot the damn ball. And uh, uh, he was so reluctant to at first. Um, but then he started making some. He finished the year at a 32% clip from three. Um, he did not play well. He did not play well in the postseason at all against he Toronto. Didn't, he didn't play very. I mean, he did have one big three in the in game one, but that was about it. Yeah, he did okay defensively. Well, when you're going against Siakam and Kawhi and Gasol and Serge, I mean, it's just a deadly interior of, of Toronto. Uh, so he had, he had a tough one, but love. I would love to see him bounce back. Uh, here's my goals for Jonathan Isaac this year. Score 14 points a game, grab seven rebounds, couple of assists, shoot 35% from three. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. You know? I, and I, I don't think that's unreasonable to ask. I mean, I you're, you're a first-round draft pick. This will be your third season in the NBA, 14 points a game, seven rebounds, shoot 35% from three. I want him in the conversation for most improved player. That'd be that'd be great. That'd be I've, that'd be fantastic. But that that would take. I mean, if he were to actually win that, I mean, he scored nine and a half points a game, five and a half rebounds. I think. I mean, for him to be most improved player this year coming up, he'd have to go off for like twenty and ten. I mean, not. I don't think Siakam had that. I what I think there's a couple things that are going to go into this. One, the Magic basketball team has to be relevant all season. Like, if the Magic aren't relevant, we're going to get snubbed on every single award. Um, just like Terrence Ross got snubbed this year for six man, not even getting mentions, right? So the Magic have to be a relevant team all season. Then, I yeah, I think if Isaac can be locked down, fantastic defender, shooting around 35% from three, and averaging 15, 16, and eight seven like i think that's at least got you in the conversation yeah I, 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 listen and you just mentioned siakam he went from 7.3 points four and a half rebounds to 16.9 points this year 6.9 rebounds 55 percent from the field uh, you know so it's uh 
it's doable for our guy. It, it's it's possible, but he'd really, really have to break out. Sure, and the offense would have to be run a little bit differently. He needs to get more touches, right? Yeah. It, not everything in its mother can go through Vucevic. So, well, they're finally going to have a coach for longer than one season, so yeah. maybe they'll just get more comfortable with uh, with that offense and and how things should be run successfully. I want to see Vuce, I want to see Clifford get a little bit more experimental and, and, and have a little bit more faith in, in some of our wing players to get some buckets. I'd like to see Aaron Gorin take, you know, and part of it's on him. I'd like to see him take a little bit more of a handle on this offensive, on the offensive load and, and demand the ball a bit more. Um, you know, hopefully with a balance between him and Vucevic, so there's not like a conflict of interest on the court, but it'd be good to see some other options start to take control. Cause if not, we're going to see that, you know, the, the league is going to catch on. They all saw what, um, what the Raptors did to us. They just doubled Vooch super quick and made it so we couldn't pass the ball out fast. And if someone else on that team doesn't demand a little bit more respect, then we're just going to get trapped every single game that matters. So, um, you know, there, there's, I, I think Aaron Gordon, I think Jonathan Isaac, if he can get his three-point shot up a bit, I think we got a chance to to break off some of those uh, those schemes that teams could easily run on us. From yeah. But remember, uh, any team that tries to do what, what Toronto did against the Magic in the playoffs, their big issue is they're not going to have that interior defense that Toronto had. Right. You know? Um, that was just, I think that was just one of the things that made them so effective and so dominant all the way through the playoffs. Not, not just against the magic. Hey, you know what though? We got DJ clutch God. If anything, he'll just keep keep draining that three at the very end there and, and bringing us home, baby. God, I would love to see DJ Augustine move to a backup role. I mean, now he's in his thirties. Uh, he did a, he did a really, really good job running the team this past season. He did. Really, really good job. I mean, turnovers way down. Um, just, just really steady. Um, knew his place, but uh, that's the one thing you look at this Magic team and you see DJ Augustine at point guard, Stephen, and you say, "Well, that's not a great team if DJ Augustine is your starting point guard. You got to have a guy like Fultz yeah. uh, get healthy and." and uh, just just get healthy. My hope is by, you know, all-star break, Fultz is starting to get in that conversation of, well, maybe he can be a starter at some point. And by the end of the year... Boy, you'd hope. It's a, and by the end of the year, it's a, well, DJ's, you know, like, like, there's a lot of teams that could use CJ Augustine, right? And I love him. I would love to resign him, but also he's expiring after this year. So he's a free agent. So come free agent time, if we got Fultz that's looking like he can actually do something and maybe can hold the boat steady and get us into the playoffs, if we were to trade DJ and get an asset back or something, I don't know. Sure. But I just hope around free, uh, the deadline – Fultz and DJ and that point guard conversation is happening. Whether yeah. he's ready for it then or not is a different story, but at least like you and I are, hey, David, how's it going? Wow, Fultz is actually not sucking that bad. Maybe <laughs> next year he could be our starter. Like, uh, I, just, I want that conversation to happen six months from now, David. I just think it would be so... I mean, DJ Augustine is such a pro that so if, good, if if Steve Clifford came to him and said, look, DJ, we're going to go with Markel starting. 
he's such a pro. He would handle that so easily. I mean, the guy, he's he's a veteran in his 30s. He knows his place in this league. And yes, you're right. A lot of teams would want him, but they would want him as a valuable backup point guard. Yeah. And that's um, really what we would love to have him as too. Ideal. That would be ideal. Sign him to another one or two year, you know, another two year contract after this year. Like that would be great until he's, you know, around 35 at that point, you know, he should be something else anyways, but that would be awesome. I mean, awesome. Look at his numbers. He shot 47% from the field. Yeah, it was, was balling. 40, 47%, 42% from, from threes. Three. I mean, yeah. the guy uh, uh, low volume, but he's really, he's a really, he was our second best shooter last year. Yeah. You know, and, and for a long time, as DJ Augustine played well, the magic played well. And, and when he didn't, they didn't. So uh, he is, he was very, very important to this team this past season. Very important. Very important. I, uh, I like DJ. I'm feeling good with him running the ship. Um, even though I was kind of hoping we might find a way to get Malcolm Brogdon. Um, I, I never really thought we had a big chance at signing D'Lo, but, um, it, it, I, I think we're in a good spot going into next year. Like I said, I'm still giving this off season, like a B or a B plus, um, a couple, two little, a couple small tweaks could have made it an A. I would have loved to have seen them, you know, on spot 14 or 15, take a flyer on someone who could provide some form of offensive threat, like a uh, Jeremy Lynn, um, someone that could generate a little bit of offense for us. Um, but, you know, there's overall, like we're doing fine. I don't yeah. need to get super nitpicky again. We can worry about year four and on Vooch and Ross's contracts in year three. Um, we don't need to worry about that right now. So I'm stoked. I think this team's going to go into next year a lot more solid than going into the last year. You know, we're not going to see it's some a better team. stupid losses that we did. It's a better team. It's a team that knows the system. It's a it's a solidified second unit second unit where people know their place. Mm-hmm. So we my expectations for this team are six seed next year. Yeah, I mean that, yeah. that six is realistic. I think I think five would be a, a step a, a big big step. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be really tough to crack the top four in the East, like you brought up earlier. Uh, yeah. Milwaukee, uh, Philly, Philadelphia, uh, Boston, um, uh, we'll, and and we'll see what Toronto does. I mean, they're, Pacers, they're they had a decent off season too. Yeah, and Oladipo, as long as he's healthy, he's tough. So, yeah. um, you gotta wonder what Miami's capable of. Not exactly sure where where they fit in the East just yet. After they got Jimmy Butler, so. Uh, uh, Miami ought to be just interesting to watch, but uh, I've got some grades to give out too, Stephen, for the Magic offseason. Yeah, let's hear it. I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, so the Vooch re-signing, I will give it a B. Uh, I thought he got market value. That's I thought 100 million four years was where he was going to command somewhere, whether it be Sacramento, Boston, Dallas. A lot of people want to argue and say the Magic were were uh, negotiating against themselves. I don't think that's the case. I really don't. I think he had value out there. Can we ping pong back and forth? Go ahead. Uh, you give me your grade, and then I'll just tell you mine on each. You know, as as you do this. What do you have for um, Vooch? Yeah, I think a B. I think a B. I think 
I think he had competition. I think we knew it. We might have slightly, you know, paid market value for it. But the biggest thing for me that makes it a B and not an A is that fourth year. I wish we had some kind of a team option on that. Um, but, you know, a, a B is not bad. My B, the, the reason it's not an A, uh, I mean, he is an all-star, uh, is, well, he, he wasn't great in the playoffs. Uh, and it, the, it, it also creates confusion to what the future holds for Mo Bamba. Right. Um, so with Vooch there, uh, it's an inevitable logjam for uh, number six pick overall, picked by Weltman and Hammond, this front office. So, so that's my B. Um, Terrence Ross resigning. I give this an A because, Stephen, you asked for scoring. This is the scoring the Magic badly, badly needed. If if Terrence Ross left, the Magic would be in a huge oh, hole trying to fill that w- with a score. That's Big an time. A. Big time. 100%. I'm with you right there on that. I, I give that Terrence Ross signing an A. I'm not really too worried about the year on it because that's one, that's a contract, in my opinion, that can be moved. Um, I don't think his game is going to decline as he ages a little bit more into his 30s. Uh, that, that, you know, look at JJ Redick. His game is on fire and he's like 35 right now and Terrence Ross is like, I think like 28. So um, I'm I'm giving that, that an A. I don't think we overpaid. I, I think it was a fair contract for him. And the way they structured that contract and Nikola Vucevic's contract is amazing. So um, I, I'm stoked on that, just like you. Good call. Cool. Well, yeah, we're, we're pretty close here in the grades here. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams, this re-signing, to me, uh, the former Rookie of the Year, is a C plus. Uh, now, I'm a huge uh, Syracuse fan, Michael Carter-Williams, former Syracuse player. He was outstanding down the stretch, uh, got a 10 day contract, won the first four games with Michael Carter Williams in the lineup. He really sparked the second unit, really helped get the magic to the postseason. Um, uh, didn't, didn't play that well against Toronto. So I, I give it a C plus because Carter Williams is a veteran at this point And, uh, he has been a journeyman where he's just been kind of bouncing around and trying to find a spot. So we kind of know what to an ex- to expect of Michael Carter Williams. And he's not a guy that takes you over the hump. He's no. a guy that just helps you maintain. And I agree with you on that. I'm, I'm giving that uh, a C plus B minus, um, it's it it was a safe move. It wasn't a there was there was no risk. There were other players like Dillion Wright, um, Corey Joseph, um, you know, I, I, t- t- a couple other guys out there that I'm spacing. You know, Jeremy Lin, a couple other guys that you could have taken a swing on that might have provided some sort of uh, different look. At the end of the day, I hope we don't really see much of him on the court. And I, I, I just hope Fultz is, you know, is ready to go fairly early into the season and easily secures that second unit point guard spot. That's, that's my goal because I, I like Michael Carter Williams, but I think he is perfect as a third string point guard where he comes in and can fill in when someone gets hurt. Yeah, that's, that's really fair. That's, a, that's a fair assessment. Uh, Ken Birch coming back uh, a two year, $6 million contract for what I believe is the most productive third string center in the NBA. That is an A minus. Kemberg. Okay. I'm giving that a B B 
plus B somewhere around there. I love Ken Birch. I think he's an, a really good player. I think he could be a solid second unit player um, on another team. I really like him, but you're, it's just a lot of money tied up into the center position, right? He, he most, most third string centers are getting minimums. We're paying them 6 million for two years. Um, I mean, again, we're talking a few hundred thousand difference between a minimum and what it is, but it's just, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I personally, it's more of a, it's more of for him. I feel like he could have gone somewhere and gotten more playing time. It's not so much on us. It's more, I, you know, I don't, if Bomba's healthy and this front office has as much faith in him as they, as they say they do. And Nikola Vucevic is healthy. We're not going to see much of Birch. Yeah. I mean, he could go, he really could go for stretches of not playing. And and, and at that point, $3 million for a guy who might not see the court is a little bit of an overpay. If you look at it that way and take the player name away from it, but you can't have too much talent, you know, it's still, you know, B a minus somewhere around there. It's I, I always grade on a curve, (laughs) you know, the Al Farouk Amino, uh, uh, acquisition this off season, a guy who's got a lot of starters minutes. I think if it were any other team that didn't have so many, uh, forwards and power forwards, it would have been a higher grade, but, uh, I I've got to give it a C, uh, because it, it just creates, it creates issues with minutes. Um, yeah, he's, he's, a a fairly productive player, but we know what to expect of him. Uh, and that's like nine and a half points, seven rebounds, um, which is fine, but that's not a guy who takes you over the hump either. That's a, that's a, that's a steady performer. Sure. Back up. I, I give I give that one a B. Um, I like it. I, I, he's a really good player, but again, I think we could have gotten someone to do what he does similarly for cheaper and used, you know, $6 million more on a combo guard that can create a little bit more offense for us. And, and, you know, again, I've been complaining about needing more offense on this team. And I, yeah. I think we, we use the entire mid-level. We could have used part of that on, on someone else. Um, that yeah. I would have loved that bit. mid-level to go to a scorer, Steven. Yeah, I mean, they just didn't need another guy at this position. No. And you could have, yeah, there, there's other things they could have done to to solidify that position a bit more. Um, so, my opinion, I think once o- Okiki is healthy, someone's getting traded. Once Okiki is healthy and able to play in the NBA, someone's getting traded because that is just way too many people to have at the power forward. Yeah. And you're not drafting someone at 16 who's because what I think when Okiki gets healthy, he's he's pretty NBA ready. I I, I think he can do bring a lot to the game, um, but. You know, it's like you said, it's a log jam. We got a lot of players there. Someone's got to go at some point. Yeah, someone's got to give. Lastly, that draft to me is D. Oh man, with with Okike. I mean, that's it. That's all you walk away with. You 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 don't walk away with a single thing that can help you this season. Um, Maybe at all, uh, unless Okike is back and and actually can contribute a little bit down the stretch. So that's, that's, that's a D. I mean, it's a long-term perspective and that's fine, but um, I just don't see Okike being a great player either. Yeah. Anyway, I feel that I I'm a little higher on him. Um, I'm giving him more of a B, but that's, that's without Aminu on the team. 
when Aminu on when they <laughs> signed Aminu, it totally changes the draft a little bit. Um, you know, even with Okiki needing another year or two, but it's just it's you know it's uh, like weird. It's a log jam. It's just weird. They they could have done other things with it. Um, I guess you can never have too many three and D wings. They're always going to be valuable, but that just means to me, like I said, someone's getting moved at some point. Every mm-hmm. single one of them are expirable right now. And really they're all on really nice contracts, right? You got Okiki and Isaac on rookie deals. You got Aaron Gordon, who is on a very tradable contract and is in every single trade rumor that the magic are in. And then you have Alfred Camino, who I think a lot of teams would pay that money to have that rate as a starter uh, power forward. So what did he get three years, 29 million, something yeah, like that. Yeah. That's not bad for a power forward as a starter. Like if there's a lot of teams that could use that. So that uh, someone's gone at some point, whether it's this season or next season, someone's going to be gone. Um, but yeah, you know, overall you and I have both said this, we're going into next season excited. We're going into next season improved. Um, we, we're looking for a lot of internal development and there's a lot to be excited for going into next year for sure. Um, but a lot's got to go right too. You know, there is a, there is a reality where this team takes a step back and we don't need to go down that conversation because that's a, that, that, that's a long conversation for another day. And we've been talking for a while now, but you know, Overall, I'm excited and I expect for another playoff appearance next year and, and hopefully push into at least seven games, maybe getting into the second round next year. I think it's possible. Hey, this is the first year in, in a long, long time that we can go in expecting a playoff run. If they don't make the playoffs, it's a failed season, in my opinion. At this no point. doubt about it. No doubt. That's expectations. Blue and white wow. ignite banners better be going up right away. <laughs> For the first time in a long time. I think the team needs to get out to a hot start to get the fans engaged. And uh, and if, if they can do that, boy, it, that could that can can create some momentum. Oh, yeah. David, thanks for joining, man. Tell everyone where they can find your work on the regular basis. You're all over the place. You're on TV, <laughs> radio, writing stuff all over the place. Um, tell everyone where they can find you. And, uh, man, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, buddy. It's always great to catch up with you. Uh, 407area.com is where you can find my sports columns. Uh, I'm on Spectrum Sports 360's uh, face-off segment every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday on Channel 13 in Orlando, if you got Spectrum Television. And uh, I'm on uh, the EK Sports program Tuesday nights uh, from 7 to 9 on 96.9 The Game. I love it. I love it. Guys, if you live in Orlando, make sure you check out David. He does great work. He's fun. He's always telling it as it is. He's a straight shooter. He's not one of these guys that's going to tell you the fluff pieces around it. He gives it as it is, and that's what I've always liked about David. That's why I got his jacket measurements, and we're going to you know, continue to have him as one of the, the consistent guests throughout the year. You'll hear him multiple times through next season, too. So um, thanks again for tuning in, everyone. This is the Close-Up Magic. Check out the website. There's a lot of really fun content going on there right now, www.theclosesupmagic.com. And make sure you give David a, uh, David Bauman a follow on, Insta- on, on Twitter, um, and I will tag him and all that stuff. David, thanks again for coming out, man. I'll talk to you soon, all right? You do an awesome job, Stephen. Always a pleasure, man. I can't wait to do it again. Thank you, sir. Got it, buddy.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.